Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com Shapiro. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com Shapiro. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. CarShield.com slash Shapiro. That's CarShield.com slash Shapiro. President Biden says he has no regrets about the Afghanistan collapse and his botched strategy. And our military leaders say we have no capacity to rescue Americans in Afghanistan. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Your data is your business protected at expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to all the news. It is horrific news this morning. We'll get to all of it in just one second. First, quick reminder, you're paying too much for your cell phone bill. Like you really are. If you're with Verizon or AT&T or T-Mobile, you're just paying too much. It's time to switch over to Pure Talk. Pure Talk can save your family over $800 a year. You'll get the same great coverage because Pure Talk is on the exact same network as one of the big three, but at a fraction of the price. And switching is as easy as switching out your SIM card. You can keep your phone, keep your number, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Plus, right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. And if you go over on the data, they're not going to charge you for it. There's a reason Pure Talk is considered the highest rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs and why they are the preferred wireless partner of AMAC. So if you could save money on your cell phone bill, which is a big bill every month, why would you not do that? From your cell phone, dial pound 250, say Ben Shapiro, save an additional 50% off your very first month of coverage. That's pound 250, say Ben Shapiro. To get started with my friends over at Pure Talk USA, don't be paying for all the upcharges the big companies make you pay. Instead, use Pure Talk USA, dial pound 250, say Ben Shapiro, save an additional 50% off your first month, hundreds of bucks down the road. To get started, pound 250, say Ben Shapiro to get started. Alrighty, so the situation in Afghanistan continues to deteriorate. There's now video of Clarissa Ward from CNN trying to walk the gauntlet from Kabul, just the main area of the city, into the airport and the Taliban stopping her, threatening her crew. As she says, it's nearly impossible for any normal Afghan to use their papers to get out of the country at this point. Meanwhile, some ten to 15,000 Americans remain stranded in Kabul at this point. According to eyewitnesses, this is Sky News reporting, desperate women in Kabul are attempting to throw their babies over the razor wire to American soldiers in scenes reminiscent of Saigon, in which people are trying to get the hell out of the country before the Taliban come in. For all the people out there who keep saying things like, well, you know, the people in Afghanistan, they're just going back to what they know. Remember, the average age, the average age in Afghanistan, the median age, rather, the median age is 18.4 years old. The United States has been occupying Afghanistan since 2001, 20 years. So the average person in Afghanistan actually does not remember Taliban rule. The average person in Afghanistan has been living in a country occupied by the United States with a nascent democracy for their entire lifetime. And this is particularly true for young women who are now going to be subjected to sex slavery and abuse. That is the next move for young women all over the country, but particularly in the major cities, which were, again, a lot more urban 
uh, and, and a lot more controlled by the central government than the rural outlying areas. According to Sky News, you can hear a noise as you approach the high iron gates that are the only way into the compound that is the center of the British airlift operation out of Afghanistan. On either side of a narrow road, inside the walls of the compound at Kabul airport, exhausted British soldiers lie in the shade, waiting for their turn to head back outside into the burning sun and the chaos once again. The noise is the sound of shouting. It's the noise of desperation. Thousands of people are flooding toward this innocuous place that will, for some, be the gateway to freedom, and for many others, the end of a dream of escaping the Taliban. After two decades, this is what it has come down to, a hasty retreat, a civilian evacuation, with the Taliban watching on. As every day passes, this relief operation gets more and more urgent and desperate as the British military tries to move thousands of people out of Afghanistan in just days. It's a humanitarian mission in what feels like a war zone. A makeshift barricade is all that separates the two armies who have fought for 20 years. The Taliban are just one meter away from the British soldiers. A picture I never thought I would see, writes Stuart Ramsey, who's the chief correspondent for the Sky News. He says the, the there are women who are arriving day and night families, often with tiny children, risking their lives, ducking past gunfire at the gates of the civilian side of the airport, passing aggressive Taliban fighters who occasionally beat and harass them. In the night, the paratroopers blockaded the road with cars and razor wire. A senior officer told me they had no choice because the situation was out of control, but said the blockade will live with some of his soldiers for the rest of their lives. Quote, it was terrible. Women were throwing their babies over the razor wire, asking the soldiers to take them. Some got caught in the wire. I'm worried for my men. I'm counseling some. Everyone cried last night. It looks like chaos, but there's a method. The, soldier call, the soldiers call out for interpreters as different nationalities arrive at the barricade, including Afghans with a valid asylum case. Passports and paperwork are then checked. If they pass mustard, they're directed to the entry gate to be processed. Some make it. Others don't. Terrified men, ter- terrified families, men, women, large numbers of children are sent back through the barbed wire. This is, um, unfortunately, the reality in Afghanistan, thanks to Joe Biden's precipitous and meaningless and meritless pullout. Fatima, not her real name, made it through the barricade, clutching her daughter's hand. She thinks she might have a case, but doesn't know who to speak to. She's terrified and in tears. Her husband joined the Taliban and took to beating her. She and her four-year-olds have nothing but a UN letter identifying them as victims. Afghanistan is Taliban. Taliban is terrorist. My husband is a terrorist, Talib, she explains to me. She just says, we'll go anywhere, any country. Uh, And this, of course, is going to be uh, common across Afghanistan. Meanwhile, women across Afghanistan, of course, are being stuffed back into the burlap sacks of the burqa. And, uh, and then back into the basement. According to the Wall Street Journal, Dr. Zuhal used to drive herself to work. This week, she started taking a taxi to avoid reprisals from the Taliban, who once banned women from driving. It didn't help. On the second day of the Taliban takeover, a Taliban gunman dragged the doctor, who didn't want to use her full name, out of the taxi and whipped her for filming the cast surrounding the evacuations at the Kabul airport. Since he's in control of Afghanistan, the Taliban have sought to portray themselves as more moderate than they were last time. Now, remember, Last time the Taliban took over in 1996, they also pledged to be moderate and to amnesty everybody who was fighting them. And then they proceeded to be one of the most brutal regimes on planet Earth. Dr. Zuhal was six years old when the Taliban took over Kabul the first time in 1996, the same age as her daughter is now. I have so many dreams for her. She said, my life and my achievements are tearing in two pieces in front of my eyes. I never want this to happen to my daughter already. Women are retreating from the public sphere. Fatima Galana, one of the few women that negotiated with the Taliban as part of the Afghan government, declined to comment. Fauzia Kufi, an outspoken women's rights defender and parliamentarian, said she was unable to give interviews under the current circumstances. In Kabul, many young women have never even worn a burqa. Some often appeared in public without headscarves. The wealthiest neighborhoods have come to resemble the West with young young Afghan men and women mixing freely in cafes modeled on Starbucks. That's the lifestyle Fatima Hosseini, a 28-year-old photographer, was accustomed to. Now she's afraid of appearing in public. I had my liberty. I had my freedom. We went to the gym, to restaurants. Sometimes I would not cover my hair in public. Everything has changed. In a week, 
Right? This is the situation in Afghanistan. The good news is that we have president's empathy out there. The most empathetic president of all time, right? Super grandpa empathy. He is out there just to show how much he cares. What an empathetic guy. Now, quick reminder, he is not empathetic. He has never been empathetic. Back in 2010, he was asked by Richard Holbrook, then the special envoy by the Obama administration to Afghanistan and Pakistan about a hasty withdrawal from Afghanistan and what that would mean for the people of Afghanistan, the people who had allied themselves with us, sacrificed their lives, sacrificed themselves on behalf of, yes, an American mission in Afghanistan. And his explicit response, according to Richard Holbrook's diary, this is Joe Biden, was, quote, F that. Nixon and Kissinger got away with it in Vietnam. Hey, and uh, and Joe Biden's main message here is no regrets. This is an astonishing clip. So he was uh, he was interviewed by George Stephanopoulos. And when a Democratic president is interviewed by George Stephanopoulos, usually it is a human centipede performance because that's George Stephanopoulos's job. George Stephanopoulos was the press secretary for Hillary Clinton back during the 1990s. He is a Demo- Democratic apparatchik who somehow ended up as one of the chief anchors at ABC News, which is wild. Right? Imagine if Carl Rove were one of the chief anchors for Fox News. Be very strange, not like an opinion host, a chief actual news anchor. So normally, when George Stephanopoulos is um, is doing an interview with a Democratic politician, it it looks more like soft core pornography than it does like an actual interview. But George Stephanopoulos could not save Biden from himself here; he just could not. So he asks him a pretty simple question. He asks him, "It's chaos at the airport. Right? We're watching people fall from planes." Joe Biden's answer here is one of the most atrocious answers I've ever heard from an American president on any topic. And go back and listen. I was highly critical of many of the things that Trump said in interviews. I was certainly critical of the stuff that Obama said in interviews on a regular basis. This is, I think, the worst thing I've ever heard an American president say in an interview. And that that encompasses a lot of bad things being said in interviews. Here is George Stephanopoulos with the president of the United States, God help us, Joe Biden. We've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17. We've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days ago. What did you think when you first saw those pictures? What I thought was we're, we have to gain control of this. We have to move this more quickly. We have to move in a way in which we can take control of that airport. And we did. So you don't think this could have been handled, this actually could have been handled better in any way? No mistakes? No. 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 No mistakes. It's been error-free. It's a perfect, it's a perfect operation, a perfect operation where Afghans are clinging to the wheel wells of planes escaping Afghanistan and then falling from 4,000 feet to their death on the tarmac. Perfect, perfect operation. More than that, I got to say, when Stephanopoulos asked him about what just happened there, and he says it was four or five days ago. So number one, I was unaware that if a man falls 4,000 feet from the wheel well of a C-17 to the tarmac, that he remains alive four or five days later, that he actually dies. And then four or five days pass, and then he's okay again. It was four or five days ago. That is the response of this petulant man-child president, this adult, this adult president. His response is, it was four or five days ago? What? What? If it was a year ago, would that make a difference? Four or five days ago? How in the world is that supposed to make any difference at all? By the way, it wasn't. It was two days ago when he gave this interview. I understand that every time Joe Biden takes a mid-morning nap and wakes up, he thinks it's a new day, but it absolutely is not. Okay, this is this is just an astonishing dereliction by the president of the United States. And for Captain Empathy over here to be saying, well, it was four or five days ago. And could you have handled anything better here? No, nothing could have been handled better. Nothing? 
truly nothing. There are seven people who are trampled to death at this airport. We have women throwing babies over the razor wire at this airport. We still have 10 to 15,000 Americans, American citizens, who are stuck in Kabul right now as we speak. We have another somewhere between 60 and 100,000 Afghan allies, people who worked with our military, interpreters, members of the Special Operations Forces in Afghanistan, for whom American soldiers have signed affidavits basically saying that these are people who we ought to save. These aren't random Syrian citizens who are just being put upon by the government and we don't have any background information on them. These are people who actively worked with the United States government, with our military, with our military contractors. They're stuck over there. And Joe Biden can't explain how he could have done this any better. Hey, then Joe Biden goes even further. And he says, well, there, there was no way, no way that we could have gotten out without chaos. This was inevitable. This was the inevitable ending to this saga. Inevitable? We were holding our bases in Afghanistan with a skeleton crew of somewhere between 2,500 and 3,500 people. If you look at the number of troops, United States troops on the ground in Afghanistan year on year, it had declined essentially every year since 2014. We went from having tens of thousands of troops, as in like 30, 40, 50 to 100,000 troops in the, in the 2010, 2011, 2012 period, all the way down to about 10,000 troops in the post-2014 period, and then all the way down to 2,500 troops officially in Afghanistan as of January of this year. And Joe Biden decided that we had to precipitously pull out so he could get a headline about how he'd ended the quote-unquote endless war. The thing that's so amazing about that, by the way, is that when you look at where American troops are stationed all over the world, Afghanistan barely ranks in like the top 10 by the time that we left. Afghanistan had 25, 3,500 troops there. We have over 5,000 troops in Qatar. We have 5,000 troops in Kuwait. We have 26,000 troops in Korea. We have something like 12,000 troops in Italy. We have 40,000 troops still in Japan. We have 33,000 troops in Germany. This is not a quote-unquote endless war for the United States. There is no necessity for this quote-unquote precipitous pullout. And when he says there's no way to get out without chaos, no, there absolutely was. Here is Joe Biden saying this. It's insane. The idea that somehow there's a way to have gotten out without chaos ensuing, I don't know how that happens. I don't know how that happened. So for you, that was always priced into the decision? Yes. Unbelievable. By, by the way, quick note here. If he thought it was inevitable that this chaos was going to happen, then um, why was he taking a vacation? Really? Why? By the way, a bit of a conflicting message there. We were told by his military it was totally unexpected. A month ago, he was saying that the Taliban would not be able to take Kabul. So either he was lying then or he's lying now. Those are the only two choices. Or he's lying both times. It is quite possible that he was informed by his intelligence community that this was a significant possibility. He lied about it a month ago. Then it happened. And then he said, oh, yeah, it was totally foreseeable. So he's lying both times. That's the most probable situation. I mean, remember, he says there was no way to get us out without chaos. Just a month ago, here was Joe Biden saying the same going to be Saigon. Do you see any parallels between this withdrawal and what happened in Vietnam with some people feeling? None whatsoever. Zero. What you had is you had entire brigades breaking through the gates of our embassy. Six, if I'm not mistaken. The Taliban is not the the North Vietnamese army. They're not they're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy in the of the United States from Afghanistan. 
It is not at all comfortable. That was July 8th. July 8th. <laughs> Unbelievable. Un-freaking-believable. By the way, Joe Biden also told George Stephanopoulos that uh, the Taliban have changed. He said, quote, I think they're going through a sort of existential crisis about what they want to be do, what they about do they want to be recognized by the international community as being a legitimate government? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Probably they're going through an existential crisis. Well done, sir. He's a delusion, delusional, fully delusional, fully delusional. And by the way, Biden is now saying he's grateful to the Taliban. He says, I'm not sure I would have predicted, George, nor would you or anyone else that when we decided to leave, that they'd provide safe passage for Americans to get out. Are we sure they've provided safe passage for Americans to get out at this point? We'll get to that in just one second. And this is full-scale insanity. First, let us talk about your sleep quality. So I'll be honest with you. I haven't been sleeping particularly well given the situation in the world. But when I do lay my head down, I need to be on a mattress that is perfect for me. A mattress made just for me. Helix Sleep is that mattress. They've made a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everybody is unique. Helix knows that. So they have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size folks. So if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, you order the mattress you're matched to, the mattress comes right to your door shipped for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. Helix is awesome. You don't need to take my word for it. Helix is awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by both GQ and Wired Magazine. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They will match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They've got a 10-year warranty. You have to try it out for 100 nights, risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it but you will. Helix is offering up to 200 bucks off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Ben right now. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben for 200 bucks off your magical mattress order. Helixsleep.com slash Ben. By the way, Joe Biden, uh, the only interviews he's doing are with people like George Stephanopoulos. That, that, the, and the reason for that is because he doesn't want to take tough questions. George Stephanopoulos is there to massage Biden through these awkward moments. These awkward moments. Here was Joe, so Joe Biden gave a speech yesterday on vaccination. Public speech on vaccination. And then he just took off. He ran from the room because this is what the man does. God bless you all and may God protect our troops. Thank you. Goodbye. Catch you later. See you later. And he's out. Okay, now, he may be out, but the Americans who are stuck in Afghanistan absolutely are not. According to Walter Russell Mead, writing for the Wall Street Journal, some 15,000 U.S. citizens and residents are behind Taliban lines. There is no easy way to get them out. By the way, that is not even talking about our Afghan allies who worked with us. Remember, just about a month ago, Biden's advisor, Cedric Richmond, was on with Jake Tapper, and he said pretty openly, we're not going to leave the Afghans behind. We can't leave these people behind. President Biden publicly promised that none of the more than 19,000 Afghans uh, who have assisted the United States and at least begun the process of trying to get these special immigrant visas to flee Afghanistan so they won't be slaughtered by the Taliban. None of them, he said, will be left behind when the military pulls out in the coming weeks and months. But, but the Biden administration has been very light on details. Nothing has happened yet. These people, respectfully, sir, need more than words and, and promises. They need action. Jake, you know that this is a serious issue. I think that the president was very clear that he's not leaving people behind. But if you're asking us to give you numbers, locations and details and timing, uh, we're not necessarily going to do that because of the sensitivity of the information. We want to make sure that we protect 
uh, the people who helped us and risked their lives to help us? Um, no, you don't. You're not protecting the people who risked their lives and helped us. As we were going to see, the entire military intelligence apparatus is now saying a lot of those people are going to get left behind. So they're just damned liars. According to Walter Russell Mead, it's not just the Afghans, however. One thing is clear. The Taliban hold the lives of thousands of U.S. citizens and futures and the future of the Biden administration in their hands. The collapse of the Ghani government left as many as 15,000 Americans and permanent residents, along with an unknown number of other Westerners and foreigners, trapped behind Taliban lines. Tens of thousands of Afghans employed by the old government, allied military commands, and Western-oriented nonprofits are, with their family members, also desperate to leave. While U.S. forces control the Kabul airport, American citizens and Afghans with U.S. visas must run a gauntlet of Taliban roadblocks and checkpoints to reach the American perimeter. As for the thousands of Americans, citizens of allied nations and endangered Afghan nationals stranded in other parts of the country, at press time, U.S. officials had no plan in place to bring them to safety. Congressional offices report being deluged with pleas for help from Americans behind enemy lines and from veterans seeking help for Afghan contacts and friends. I've told you about how I'm receiving emails. I, right, I'm just a political commentator. I'm receiving emails from people asking, how do I get somebody out? I'm getting calls from people. How do I get somebody out? Okay, this is utter craziness. I got a letter last night. Quote, I'm a former Marine officer that served in Helmand, Afghanistan in 2011. I've been trying to assist my Afghan interpreter, Tommy, with an SIV for years now. He served tenaciously. In fact, I witnessed his vehicle getting blown up in front of me from an IED. Even after this episode, he continued to work with and put his faith in us. Tommy is currently stranded with his wife and young daughter a few miles from the Kabul airport. Together, he and I are devising evacuation plans. But as you know, the situation on the ground is very dangerous and uncertain. And then this Marine officer asked for help in how do we get this guy out? Okay, that is the situation on the ground and for American citizens as well. Well, 1,100 U.S. citizens, permanent residents, and family members were evacuated on Tuesday, according to the Wall Street Journal. There were reports of people being beaten and turned back from the airport. Apparently, the U.S. government is basically begging the Taliban to let people out. And the U.S. government has made clear that they can't actually provide people passage. According to Caitlin Collins, the CNN chief White House correspondent, the U.S. embassy in Kabul told American citizens in a security alert, quote, the United States government cannot ensure safe passage to the Hamid Karzai International Airport. Adding space on evacuation flights will now be available on a first-come, first-serve basis. So the U.S. government is saying, we can't even get you to the airport. We can't, the Uber can get you to the airport. We can't get you to the airport. All these people in Afghanistan, all the Afghans, are trying to erase their links with the American government. They're trying to just erase the fact they ever worked with the American government because if the Taliban find out that they did, they will be murdered. That is the situation on the ground. The Taliban, for their part, this is the funniest story of the day grimly hilarious. So there are all these images coming out of the Taliban beating the living hell out of people and shooting people. The Taliban, quote, they deny their fighters have been involved in this sort of violence, blaming the injuries on men impersonating the Taliban. Ah, you know, those famous Taliban impersonators. It's like Elvis impersonators in Vegas, Taliban impersonators in Kabul. There is no real Taliban. It's just in your mind. Maybe Taliban is just an idea. It's like Antifa. It's just an idea out there. In just a second, we'll get to the utter inability of the West to provide safe passage to American citizens to get out. And the fact that the likely next step is going to be bribery. Your taxpayer dollars are going to go straight to the Taliban. That is the next step here. We all know it. We'll get to that in just one moment. First, let us talk about the fact that right now there are more open jobs than there are people applying for those jobs right now in the United States. That can make it difficult for employers. It can also make it difficult for employees to find the right job. Well, this is where ZipRecruiter comes in. According to Forbes, Gyms, nail salons, hotels, mom and pop stores, and more are set to go on an epic hiring spree in the coming months to meet the pent-up demand for all of those services. All of those businesses reopening means millions of jobs will need to be filled. 
and already need to be filled. So where do those businesses turn to fill those roles fast? Zip Recruiter. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, they send your job to over 100 top job sites, giving you access to their network of millions of job seekers. ZipRecruiter's matching technology scans resumes to find qualified candidates for your open roles and proactively presents them to you. You can easily review recommended candidates and invite your top choices to apply for your job, which encourages them to apply faster. According to ZipRecruiter internal data, jobs where employers invite candidates to apply get two and a half times more candidates. ZipRecruiter's technology is so effective, Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter will get a quality candidate within the very first day. We use ZipRecruiter here at Daily Wire. You should as well. Right now, try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Alrighty, so it's an absolute disaster in Afghanistan as far as getting people out. The NATO Secretary General said yesterday, well, you know, NATO is telling the Taliban we expect them to provide safe passage. This is Jens Stoltenberg, the NATO Secretary General. Well, as long as you guys are are telling them that you expect them to provide safe passage, I'm sure the Taliban will do what you say. Or alternatively, the Taliban now hold all the cards. Because the United States decided to withdraw with no plan at all to even protect the American citizens on the ground, the Taliban hold all the cards. What happens if the Taliban just say no? Is the United States going to deploy thousands of troops into Kabul? to go house to house to find the American citizens who are there? Is that, do, do you think Joe Biden's going to do that? I don't. What, what's, what are you going to do? Sanction the Taliban? They have no economy. What exactly is the threat here? You guys just abandoned the place, and then you're like, ah, you, you better let out our guys. Why would they do that? The answer is they would do that if we bribe them. Okay, that is the next step here. The next step is that the Biden administration is going to send pallets of cash to the Taliban. And then Biden is going to say, look how they moderated. Look at that. They moderated. They let all of our people out. So really, this isn't that bad. I handled this beautifully. Everybody got out. And then a few weeks later, the Taliban will emerge from their caves to explain that, in fact, they were given billions of dollars by the Biden administration, hundreds of millions of dollars by the Biden administration in order to free what are essentially American hostages now in Afghanistan. And they will humiliate Biden. That is how this is going to play out with like 75% certainty. Anyway, here's the NATO Secretary General threatening with nothing. Our diplomats on the ground, uh, our people on the ground are working uh, hard to uh, enable those who are threatened, those who have worked for us, staff uh, and others, uh, to enable them to get to the airport. And we're also sending a very clear message to uh, Taliban that we expect them to provide safe passage uh, uh, to enable people to uh, get to the airport. As of now, it seems like what you're saying is this depends on the good graces of the Taliban. We don't control the territory outside the uh, airport. So, yes, that's a yes. This is, we are relying on the good graces of the Taliban. The, the Taliban have no good graces. The only reason that they release the Americans here is if they're paid off. That is the only reason. Because what exactly is Joe Biden going to do? Launch a bunch of airstrikes into the countryside? What exactly is NATO going to do at this point? Reoccupy? They're not going to do any of that stuff, and the Taliban know it. You just surrendered the country to a bunch of 8th century barbarian cavemen. And now you're like, maybe they'll be nice. Maybe they'll be, by the way, Joe, again, Joe Biden is saying they will be nice. He is telling George Stephanopoulos, maybe they'll moderate. CIA analyst Matt Zeller, who's been on CNN a lot, he said, here's what the Taliban's actually doing. They're taking people's passports in Kabul. So if you show up with a passport to try and get past the barricade and get into the airport, they'll just take your passport from you. 
we need to basically tell the Taliban that they need to shut down their checkpoints in the city because they're actively taking people's passports. I've had U.S. citizens who have had their U.S. passports taken from them, their green cards taken from them. Afghans are having their documentation stolen from them by the Taliban in an attempt to prevent them from being able to even get into the, the air base. Okay, meanwhile, the Secretary of Defense of the United States, right, the, the most powerful military presence in the history of the world, he says... He's asked about evacuating Americans, and he can't guarantee that we will keep troops in there for, for long enough to even evacuate Americans. Look at the way he's hedging his bets here. This is because this is reality, okay? When we say that we are going to evacuate 10 to 15,000 Americans, there are a bunch of Americans who are out there in the countryside. They ain't coming home. There are a bunch of Americans in Kabul. Many of those people will not be coming home. The Biden administration knows this because they blew it. They blew it all the way. Here is the Defense Secretary of the United States of America talking about how we cannot evacuate Americans thanks to a ragtag backwater group of cavemen firing AK-47s and who are just handed billions of dollars in American military technology by a surrendering American pusillanimous president. This is this is so humiliating. It's, it's the most humiliating thing I've ever seen in my life with regard to American foreign policy. I mean, it is not close. I think it may be the most humiliating thing any American has ever seen in their own lifetime, period. And it took two years for the United States to after the United States' large-scale withdrawal from Vietnam, it took about two years for everything to collapse in Vietnam. This took about five minutes. And now the United States is left begging and pleading with the Taliban to evacuate American citizens. Here's the defense secretary of the most powerful military power in the history of the world saying that, you know, we'll, we'll try and get people out until the clock runs out. By the way, when he says until the clock runs out, that is a tacit admission that we are now working on the Taliban's timetable. We're really working hard uh, to get as many people through uh, as possible. And quite frankly, we're not, we're, it's, it's obvious, we're not close to where we want to be in terms of getting the numbers through. So we're going to work that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we're going to get everyone uh, that we can possibly uh, evacuate, evacuated. And I'll do that as long as we possibly can until the clock runs out or we run out of capability. Okay, we'll do it until the clock runs out or we run out of capability. The are you talking about? The clock runs out. Whose clock? Whose clock? There are only two pl players in this scenario, the Taliban and Biden. That's it. There are no, no other players. So whose clock are we talking about? Joe Biden's artificial timeline for getting out? Or are we now talking about the fact that the Taliban has set a clock for the United States to leave? And Joe Biden is going to obey the clock of, again, the worst people on planet Earth. These barbarians. That's who we're going to obey. That's the, Or our military capability runs out. Our military capability, we spend billions, hundreds of billions of dollars every year on the United States military. Our capability runs out for doing what? Driving people to the airport in defiance of a ragtag group of people armed with like bicycle locks? Like what, what, are, you, what, what, the, what are you talking about? What you, that's the Secretary of Defense of the United... That guy needs... That guy needs to be out. He needs to he needs to resign. But frankly, Biden should resign. I mean, he's not going to, obviously. And he's not going to be impeached by a Democratic Congress. But if anybody had any stones, they would. This is the most pathetic thing I've ever seen in my life as an American citizen. It is the most mewling, pathetic, disreputable thing I've ever seen in my life in terms of American foreign policy, and it is not close. And we saw a lot of crap under Barack Obama. This is abjectly pathetic. The State Department Press Secretary Wendy Sherman was asked about this yesterday, and she says, well, no government could evacuate all these citizens. No one could, really. I mean, when you think about it, it's really hard. Well, yeah, it is hard when you get rid of all the American troops that are protecting all the air bases that allowed people to leave. 
Yes, that does make it rather difficult, does it not? Maybe somebody should have conveyed that to the president. Or maybe, having conveyed that to the president, if he insisted on going ahead with his plan, somebody should have resigned in protest. Didn't we hear that a lot during the Trump administration? If you hate it so much, you should leave. Well, well, anyone? Bueller? Here's Wendy Sherman. Kabul, I don't know if you've ever been there, is an enormous city. Enormous. And it has... um, uh, in fact, uh, had more and more people come to Kabul because they thought it was the safest place to be in Afghanistan. Uh, So it is difficult under any circumstances, and I don't know of any uh, government that would be capable of reaching out to where everybody might be, particularly those who have not signed up to us to help them. Which is why you shouldn't have surrendered the city. Lloyd Austin doubled down on this. The Secretary of Defense says, we don't have the capacity to collect our people. We just don't. We can't do it. Right. So originally, what was funny about this particular exchange is that Mark Milley, we'll get to in just one second, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, who's so concerned about white rage, white rage. It's really it's really fortunate we have such geniuses running our military establishment. Nobody gets fired for losing wars around here. It's pretty impressive. What you want to talk about a government make work program? Apparently, the Joint Chiefs of Staff is one of them. So is the defense secretaryship. So so he started off this little exchange, Mark Milley by saying this is a political problem. And then Lloyd Austin jumps in to save the president. And he says, no, it's not a, it's not a political problem. It's a capacity problem. I would draw a distinction, uh, Barr, between extracting uh, someone in an in extremist condition or, or, or circumstance versus uh, going out and collecting up large numbers of, uh, of American citizens. Do you have the capability to go out and collect Americans? We don't have the capability to go out and collect up large uh, numbers of, of, uh, of people. We don't have the capability to collect them. Okay, you know what that capability amounts to? It amounts to literally you drive a car where the citizen is, you pick them up in your car, you bring them back to the airport. He's saying we can't do that. The reason they can't do that is because the Taliban have set up checkpoints. And so what they're really afraid of is that somebody will get into a shooting fight with the Taliban at the outskirts of the airport. And then the airport will be overrun by the Taliban. That is the fear. The fear is that America will attempt to deploy its forces into Kabul in order to pick up all the Americans and the Taliban won't let them. And then you'll be in a shooting war. And Biden doesn't want that because he doesn't want to have to put troops back into Kabul and then have an urban fight with the Taliban in a city that he just conceded. So instead, we'll just leave the Americans out there and then we'll hope that the Taliban are nice and the Taliban will be nice so long as we pay them American taxpayer dollars so they can continue to propagate their evil regime of rape, torture, and tyranny. That's all that's happening here. The United States is now going to be the chief funder of the Taliban. That's what's going to happen. We are going to end up giving them the money because how else are we going to get our our guys out? And why exactly would they let us get our guys out if that's the case? Meanwhile, Joe Biden had to be bullied by George Stephanopoulos into making a commitment to leave American troops there as long as necessary to get the Americans out. By the way, that's not going to happen. There are going to be Americans who get stuck in Afghanistan. I'm just saying that's going to happen right now. And if it doesn't happen, it's because Joe Biden's going to bribe the Taliban. The commitment holds to get everyone out that, in fact, we can get out and everyone should come out. And that's the objective. That's what we're doing now. That's the path we're on. And I think we'll get there. So Americans should understand that troops might have to be there beyond August 31st. No, Americans should understand that we're going to try to get it done before August 31st. But if we don't, the troops if, will if stay. If we don't, we'll determine at the time who's left. And... And if there are American force, if there's American citizens left, we're going to stay till we get them all out. Oh, my God. You see, it's unbelievable how George Stephanopoulos has to walk him through that. 
right? So he gives an answer. And his answer is basically, we'll determine at the end of the August 31st deadline who's left. And Stephanopoulos is like, um, what now? So you're saying that if there, are American, if there are Americans left, we might leave anyway? So he has to prompt Biden until he gets to the right answer there. And? And? You just massage his ass until the correct answer comes popping out of there? So George, George Stephanopoulos is doing here. Amazing stuff. Okay, but don't worry. It's not just Joe Biden who ought to resign and Lloyd Austin, our pathetic defense secretary, who ought to resign. It's, it's Mark Milley. It's the entire infrastructure. The entire infrastructure ought to be thrown out on their butts. They all ought to be thrown out on their butts. We'll get to Mark Milley, the, the important investigator of military white rage in just one second. First, let's talk about your mortgage. So your mortgage is certainly the biggest bill you have every single month. There is no reason for it to be. You could get it refied, right? And if you haven't refied it, you're making a mistake. Since the pandemic started, 20% of homeowners have refied their homes. That is a very smart decision because you likely saved yourself hundreds of dollars a month. Am I right now? What about the rest of you? Are you waiting for rates to drop further? Are you happy with what you have? No matter your answer, it doesn't hurt to get a free mortgage review from American Financing. There's no obligation, no upfront or hidden fees. They're just going to take a look at what you're paying, maybe review some of your other debts. Then they will discuss custom loan options that can save you up to a thousand bucks a month. And it only takes a 10 minute call to get started. If you like what you hear, they'll get you pre-qualified for free. So what are you waiting for? Call 866-721-3300. That's 866-721-3300. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net, NMLS 182334, NMLS Go check them out right now. AmericanFinancing.net, 866-721-3300. That's 866-721-3300. Or check out AmericanFinancing.net to go check out your possibilities on a mortgage refi. All right, we'll get to more in just one second on this, again, horrific day in American history, the most pathetic display, frankly, I have I've ever seen in my life from the United States. First, if you haven't yet pulled the trigger and joined the Daily Wire, I'm going to assume you haven't heard of our Reader's Pass. That's a steal. For just four bucks a month, the Daily Wire Reader's Pass unlocks exclusive editorial content that unpacks trending political and cultural topics penned by everybody from me to Dan Crenshaw, plus analysis pieces like my brand new analysis piece, 4,000 words long. Here's what went wrong in Afghanistan, and here's what we should have done differently. Or... Take a deep dive with Reader's Past Collections, different series of articles on a given subject. Current collections include A Culture in Crisis and BLM, the organization behind a movement. When you sign up with Reader's Pass, you also get access to the Morning Wire newsletter, a Monday through Saturday email covering the top stories you need to know, available only to Daily Wire members. All of this can be yours for just $4 a month. So act fast, because right now we're offering a one-month free trial. It is a good deal. It's also never been a better time to take it. So what are you waiting for? Get informed. Get a Reader's Pass today. You're listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. So the rest of our military infrastructure, just as bad as Lloyd Austin. You'll remember General Mark Milley, the Joint Chiefs of Staff Chair, the heroic Joint Chiefs of Staff Chair who stood up to the predations of Donald Trump. He said that Donald Trump had a Reichstag fire moment, made no sense about the January 6th event. He also was preoccupied, preoccupied with the problem of white rage, went in front of Congress and explained why he had assigned troops to read Ibram X. Kendi's garbage. It was very important. Our focus in the military is on all the things that matter. Like six weeks ago, Mark Milley was, was talking about how important it was to study white rage. Here was Mark Milley just six weeks ago. I'm not going to... Uh, address specifically white rage or black rage or Asian rage or Irish rage or English rage or German rage or any other rage, right? Uh, but I do think it's important uh, that we as a professional military uh, not only understand foreign countries and foreign cultures and foreign societies, that's important that we do that, 
uh, but we also need to understand our own society and, and understand the soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, uh, and the society they're coming from. And I think that's important for leadership to study. Thank you. You said the words white rage. Yeah, I said I'm not going to discuss it right now. I think it's a very complicated topic, and we don't have the time to go into the nuance of it right this minute. It's so nuanced, so important. We had to study it. I mean, we had to spend time on it. And when we weren't spending time with our, our military leaders, when we weren't spending time with white rage, our Pentagon was spending time attacking Tucker Carlson for making disparaging comments about uniforms for pregnant pilots. Right, here is our military back in March. This is March 11th, 2021. John Kirby, the Pentagon spokesperson, saying, I want to be very clear right up front. The diversity of our military is one of our greatest strengths. Uh, would, be winning, would winning wars be uh, one of our greatest strengths in the military? Would abandoning our posts be one of the greatest strengths of the military? Because I'm, I'm hearing that that uniforms for pregnant pilots are very, very important to the Pentagon. Um, but not getting our asses kicked by a bunch of backwater tribesmen uh, is apparently not super important to our Pentagon. Quote, I've seen it for myself in long months at sea and in the combat waged by our troops in Iraq and Afghanistan. I've seen it up on Capitol Hill just this past month. I see it every day right here at the Pentagon, said John Kirby. What we absolutely won't do is take personal advice from a talk show host or the Chinese military. Maybe those folks feel like they have something to prove. That's on them. Well, I feel like the U.S. military leadership, not the military men and women, the military leadership has something to prove. Like, can you win a God bleeping war? How about that? I feel like you have something to prove. Can you win a war? Can you not surrender? To, can you not leave ten to 15,000 Americans hanging out in Kabul waiting for the Taliban to arrive at their homes with the bullwhips? Maybe you have something to prove. Or, But I understand, look, it's a busy time in the U.S. military infrastructure, right? In, in the higher chain of the U.S. military infrastructure, it is a busy time. You have to make sure that you're pushing diversity, transgender troops, and white rage. All those things, those are things that the Defense Department has to be on top of day in and day out. What they don't really have to be on top of is whether Afghanistan is going to collapse inside of two weeks if the United States military pulls out and abandons our Afghan allies. In fact, that's what we were told by General Mark Milley literally yesterday. Mark Milley came out. He said, I had no information that would have led to this. Really, yet no, there were no indicators, none, seriously, like none. This was a talking point for people who followed foreign policy for literally years that if the United States pulled out, the Taliban would take over within weeks. This is no shock to anybody who's watching this thing with any level of knowledge. But Mark, listen, when you're reading Ibram X. Kendi, I understand it's absorbing stuff. You can't be bothered to actually worry about what's going to happen in Afghanistan. Now, Mark Milley apparently was giving warnings, according to the Washington Post, to Biden that this was a bad idea. But apparently that didn't require any contingency planning by Mark Milley or anything. I mean, the man does have priorities. Here he was yesterday. The time frame of a rapid collapse that was widely estimated and ranged from weeks to months and even years following our departure. There was nothing that I or anyone else saw that indicated a collapse of this army and this government in 11 days. No, nothing he saw, by the way, nothing he saw. Well, I mean, to be fair, he wasn't seeing a lot of stuff. It is very busy being woke, very busy. He didn't see anything. Here's NBC News yesterday reporting that the CIA warned of a rapid collapse like weeks ago. NBC News has learned that in recent weeks, the CIA had been warning about a potentially rapid takeover by the Taliban and total collapse of the Afghan military and government. But we don't know if that message ever got to the White House, right? Yeah, that's right, Joe. And really, the Washington blame game is in full swing at this point. You have military officials saying they wanted to begin evacuating our Afghan partners as early as May, but they were prevented from doing so by the White House. You have the intelligence community saying they were shocked at the speed at which the military completed that drawdown within Afghanistan. That was mostly done by July. 
Oh, well, uh, but I was informed by Mark Milley that uh, there was no way anybody could have foreseen this. At the same time, I was being told by President Biden that everyone foresaw it. So really strange, the conflicting messages coming out of this garbage administration. Really strange. By the way, you know, it's not just Joe Biden. We've been hearing that it's the Biden-Harris administration. See, that's the way that the press likes to work this thing. It's the Biden-Harris administration when they're doing something the press loves. But as soon as it's a bad thing that everybody acknowledges is bad, then it just becomes the Biden administration. There's only one problem for Kamala Harris, the successor to Joe Biden, who is on his last legs here. She owns this. She was part of this. According to Noah Bierman, writing for the Los Angeles Times, Vice President Kamala Harris has been, at least visually, front and center, as President Biden has overseen America's retreat from Afghanistan. She attends most of his security briefings and had to leave a meeting with business leaders Thursday afternoon to attend an urgent intelligence session as the Taliban rapidly cemented control over the country. When the White House released a photo Sunday of Biden sitting alone at a telebriefing from the Situation Room in Camp David, Harris was on the other end of the screen, occupying the central square among Biden's coterie of virtual advisors. She watched his high-profile speech Monday from a nearby room at the White House. A detail officials made sure to highlight in a continuing effort to brand the Biden-Harris administration as an unusually close team. The harrowing images are likely to be a defining moment in Biden's presidency, but the execution of, of the withdrawal will also be added to Harris's resume. Yup, they own this crap. They own it. They own it all the way. There is no unowning it or disowning it. Not going to happen. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, you may have noticed we're experiencing a ton of global instability as primary season continues. How are you protecting your family in the midst of all of this chaos and nonsense? The fact is there is one asset that has withstood famine, war, political and economic upheaval, dating all the way back to biblical times. That, of course, would be gold. It's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold can help you create a well-thought-out, balanced investment strategy. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. Diversify into gold today. Just text Ben to 989898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to check out Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898. Claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Smart investors diversify. And when you look at the pace of inflation over the past several years, you can see financial instability is the new way of the world. Text Ben to 989898 to get started with Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898 and talk to my friends over at Birch Gold. Nancy Pelosi, for her part, she can enthusiastically embrace any piece of horrifying news coming out of her own party. A woman who enthusiastically embraces the Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omars, and AOCs on the cover of Rolling Stone can certainly embrace a complete rapid pullout from Afghanistan that results in the complete subjugation of 38 million human beings and the essential hostage taking of 10 to 15,000 Americans. In I mean, what can't Nancy Pelosi embrace? What cannot Nancy Pelosi embrace if called upon to do so by her God, the Democratic Party. Here is Nancy Pelosi defending Joe Biden. I commend the president for the action that he took. It was strong, it was decisive, and it was the right thing to do. We should have been out of Afghanistan a while back. Uh, but now we are, unfortunately, uh, one of the possibilities was that it would be a dis uh, in disarray as it is. But that has to be corrected. And it is my understanding from the assurances we have received uh, that the um, military will be there negotiating with the Taliban for the safe exit of American citizens and friends, people who have helped us, our allies there. Oh, we're going to be negotiating. That's going to work. Yeah, that, it'll be bribery, gang. Watch for the pallets of cash. I'm telling you right now, bribery. If you like paying your tax dollars to the Taliban, you can thank Joe Biden for that because that's exactly what we are going to be doing. You think that it was a big mistake to spend 
you know, $40 billion or so propping up the, the Afghan government and making sure that we had a base of operations from which to strike terrorists in, in Afghanistan. Wait until we're paying billions of dollars to the Taliban for the tender grace of having them allow American citizens to leave the country. Meanwhile, represent, the, the Democratic defense of this is just, a, it's amazing. They'll defend pretty much anything. Not all of them. Right? We played Representative Seth Moulton yesterday ripping into Biden. But the most ardent Democrats absolutely will. Here's Representative Barbara Lee. She says, you know, it was just a matter of unpreparedness. I mean, if we'd been a little more prepared, it would have been fine. I believe that uh, the execution, as all of us have seen, uh, has not gone well. I believe that we should have been better prepared. But I also know that, um, for instance, with many of the uh, Afghans who have provided the type of assistance that we desperately needed, there were very few lists, if any, of who they were. And so that's just an example of the lack of preparedness. Oh, it's just unpreparedness, guys. Perhaps the best comment comes courtesy of Democratic Representative Jared Golden. He was asked specifically about uh, the fall of the United States Embassy. Here was his response. The thought that the American embassy there is going to be occupied by the Taliban on 9-11-2021, the 20th anniversary. What emotions go through your mind when you hear that? Um, it's a building. <laughs> you really? know, it's a building. Um, I, 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 let's, let's point out, by the way, we still got about 6,000 troops on the ground at Kabul International Airport. Right. And uh, hoping every one of them comes home safe, but their mission is important. They got to stay there till we get all American personnel out safely. Uh, that's their job, and I know that they're proud to be doing it right now. Man, I mean, Golden should know better than this. He was a he was a, a Marine. He was deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan. This congressman from from Maine saying it's, just, it's a seven hundred million dollar building that was sovereign United States territory. By the way, all righty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour. I'm sure depressing content coming up soon is the Matt Wall Show airing at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to check it out over at dailywire.com. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is the Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, the Michael Moles Show, and the Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Bradford Carrington. Post producer, Justin Barber. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright, Daily Wire 2021. The U.S. birth rate is collapsing. Our civilization is going extinct. Some may consider this a minor problem. Others say it's actually a good thing. We'll discuss that. Also, Joe Biden finally answers some questions about his Afghanistan evacuation plan. The left continues to argue that the Taliban in Afghanistan really aren't any worse than conservatives here in America. And a doctor in Alabama announces that he will not see any patients who haven't been vaccinated, while another doctor elsewhere in the country takes a picture of himself crying on the job and posts it to Twitter to raise awareness about the fact that he's an attention-starved drama queen. We'll discuss all of that and much more today on The Matt Walsh Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, 
I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.